2: Welcome in to the DNBR Avalanche podcast. We got Megan, we got Rudo, we got Eric, we got AJ coming to you live from Studio B. Look, you've all seen the lists.
1: <laughs> I don't want to give it any <laughs> airspace. <laughs>
2: Uh, unfortunately, that's uh, exactly what we're about to do.
3: <laughs> and look, we can disagree with the list and we'll get into that. But I do think this is a fascinating topic. Yeah, this is why I wanted to talk about it, not so much because of I want to like tear apart their list. He's alive because the methodology, like I just it was dumb and I'm just ignoring it. Uh, but like, I thought the conversation was interesting. Yeah. And
2: taking a look at this next three year window of NHL teams. Because I do think there is going to be a significant amount of upheaval in the league over the next couple of years. Uh, guys that, teams that didn't even make this list, where is Chicago three years from now with Bardard? Yeah. Where is Arizona with Logan Cooley and all their other prospects that they yeah. have?
3: I think that was the part that I didn't understand the most about how they put it together, was they gave a team like Columbus the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. They give a team like Detroit, yeah, Detroit an at four. Of benefit, yeah. Detroit at four blew my mind. It made no sense. Yeah, because you look at their prospects; it's a fine pool. They've had a ton of picks over the last few years. Who's their star? They haven't it's, hit. They it's haven't Mo hit. Sider, yeah. I guess Sider. If Most Moe is your yeah, best player, yeah. you're not good enough. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, it was it was interesting. Having the Red Wings of four. Yep. So, so how did they come Is up with their numbers? Or yeah, so they no. weighted. No. They weighted current suspect. roster <laughs> yeah. versus prospects, versus yeah. GM, coach, front office, versus cap management.
0: Okay. So it's
3: all.
1: <clears throat>
3: Where the ads got dinged most <laughs> right. was the cap stuff. The yeah. Prospects and cap. Yeah. And they held the cap against them because they're up against it. Which is, it, which is what happens when you have elite players. Also, like when you they
2: seemingly gave Vegas a lot of credit for a pretty empty prospect pool, and they're they've been in perpetual cap madness. I
3: and yeah, because and, and I thought they overweighted the prospects in general. Um, I, I don't I don't want to spend a lot of time on yeah. their methodology just yeah, cause it's, we can move forward. But but it it was mostly like it, it was mostly like their selections, like the way that they did them, were really random. The way that, like Detroit, just like Steve Yzerman did a great job in Tampa Bay, but one, he didn't finish the job in there. Yeah. Julian Breesbaugh won all those titles, and two, what he's done so far in Detroit has produced zero results. No playoff berths, not even particularly close to a playoff berth. No zero really competitive teams, zero fun to watch teams, no high end draft picks, and a couple of the draft picks that they 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 have made, they've already moved on from. So, you know, like for me, I'm like, where's the faith in Detroit here? Well, here's the tough part about Detroit for me. is I look at their last two off seasons
2: and all of their moves are like, oh, they did a bunch of stuff. I don't
3: know if this stuff made them any better. Well, and like in back-to-back years, you give big free agent contracts to Andrew Kopp and J.T. Comfort and Ben Sherratt. Yeah. What the hell are you doing?
2: Like I said... It's a bunch of stuff. I don't know how good it is. Megan, with Detroit, do you see the ceiling as high as ESPN does with this team? Is there a world where they get there, or is this just a total overestimation?
1: When Eric used the expression all ingredients, no recipe to describe earlier iterations (laughs) of, was it Colorado's team? Yeah that's how i feel about detroit right now because last offseason was pretty big in terms of additions to the group this offseason they also continue to add and i just in looking at what they did with last year's additions throughout the course of the season last year i don't think they have the recipe to be a winning team and in considering the other teams in this list and colorado being among outside the top ten, that's the difference between these these teams and a team like Colorado that has a culture and a (laughs) system and a standard and I I just don't think Detroit has fully fleshed that out yet.
3: Oh, and, and you're talking about, you know, the ingredients that they've got. It's not like they got their ingredients from Whole Foods. They got them from fucking 7-Eleven. It's not well. AAA Wagyu for sure. Yeah. You know, like like right now, their ingredients aren't even that good. It's not even like high-quality ingredients, and they have no idea what to do with them yet. And like, like I, I have faith that Steve Eisman will eventually make them, make them competitive, but where we sit today, all of that faith comes from Tampa Bay and nothing from what he's done in Detroit. Because what he's done in Detroit has has not turned that franchise around. And I know Red Wings fans lament lottery luck. luck. Oh, bad lotto luck and this and that. And I'm I, like, for me, blow it out your ass. So I don't, I don't want to hear it.
2: I don't know how much time he has left talking to Micah, who's a Big Wings fan. They're they're at the point where it's like, look, this has been four or five years and they've accomplished nothing. Yeah. So I the, mean, that prospect pool needs to start right, to turn. The clock is ticking on, on Iserman at this point. So. Yeah. It'll be
3: interesting to see because they they really do need to take at least a step forward in the yeah. next year or two. It's funny we're starting with Detroit and just like chopping off the top couple. Yeah, I mean um, that's because we're believers in the top well, couple because for like, real. I, yeah. I felt like the top of that list was pretty easy to yeah. make.
1: Detroit's an outlier. Yeah. It was it at four two.
3: Yeah. 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 Like people I saw yesterday, people were like upset about Columbus. <laughs> Being at like what was nine? At nine? Yeah. yeah, Columbus is at nine. With Columbus, you're like they've got Patrick Liney, who could be one of the great goal scorers in the league. They've got Johnny Gaudreau, who's like a very good top line player. Now they have a one C in Adam Fantilli, and they have the best defensive prospect pool in all of hockey. Like it's not hard to see where they've made the leap with Columbus of being like, okay. Ninth, I feel like, is pretty fair. If they can just figure out a head coach. Well, and like, if they can figure out all levels of their organization, if they can buck their own history and actually break through, you can see where there's like light at the end of the tunnel. And like, going big on a team and putting them at ninth, I'm like, okay. But Detroit, what the hell? And the the three teams ahead of them New Jersey, Carolina, and Buffalo. New Jersey and Buffalo. It's all really easy to see. New Jersey and Buffalo are like, they're good now. They've got elite players now. They've got really young players now. They've got potentially elite players at all three levels now. It's just a matter of can they mature and figure out how to win and make the postseason consistently and win some rounds? Can they live up to that vast potential? Them being at the top of that list makes total sense. Carolina makes total sense. They're not going anywhere. They're one of the best run organizations in the league. Uh, They draft extremely well. They develop extremely well. They do all of these things at a high level, except get out of the second round. Otherwise, they're a model organization in the NHL. They're fantastic with their cap management, their development. They don't overpay. They don't get involved in crazy trades. They don't chase it. They. Uh, which might be some of their problem because they've lost a couple of high-profile trade opportunities because they draw their line in the sand. But in, in terms of them being in there, Carolina makes total sense. They're a fantastically run organization. Eric, you've
2: worked in front offices. You've worked in, in some of these situations. Is, is three years a realistic window? Do you guys sit in the front office and talk about, hey, what does this team look like three years from now? Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, just just go with the Avs. Go with the abs of, you know, back then, for example, they, they had that core, right? Sackett, Forsberg Wah, Forsberg, Waugh. Um, uh, footy yep. was part of that. And, and they knew, and they were looking at it. And back then, I can tell you that the Canadian teams were in that division, and the Canadian dollar was declining and everything. And it was a big thing, because they would look at it and say, hey, we have about a five- to seven-year window. And they did. They had about a 10-year window. But I, yeah. I remember them talking about it, saying, we have about a five to seven year window where we should win the division every year. You know what I mean? And, and again, they went nine in a row, right? Yeah. Which is an NHL record. But, so you do look at it that way. And, and the abs look at it that way now. The abs of now are just as good as the abs, obviously, of back then. And, 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 and if not better, you know what I mean? With guys locked in like Nathan, yeah. Kale, Miko. Those guys are going to be in their prime right now. Like, they're in their prime. So, yeah. I do believe. So, if I look at that list, and again, that's what I was asking. I'm not a good math guy, but, you know, for me, this should be in the top three. Yeah. Why? Because they just won. That's one. That so, you showed that you could win. So, I, right away, it's a proven record. I don't need any other number except that they won. <laughs> um, last year, they were division champs, even though they had a crappy year. And You know, we all yeah. hey, it felt like an awful year. Next thing you know, they had, what, 104.105? Point, 109 points. How many? Nine. 109. There you go. Division champs. So it was like the fourth or fifth best regular yeah. season and in abs history. That's my point. But it felt it like felt pulling awful. teeth. Everyone was like, God, what's wrong with the abs? And it was like, you know, and it, it felt that way. But this year, a lot of people are going to pick him to win it all again. I like, will. I will. <laughs> I, that's, I, I don't know how you bet against them. So. So for me, if you look at that ratio or whatever they're talking about, the Avs should be in the top three because I understand there's different things, this and this and that. Yeah. at the end of the day, you talk about the next three years, I think the Avs could be picked to win the Stanley Cup the next three years, Yeah, year after year after year, and then way more than Detroit or Columbus or (laughs) anybody that's there. But I understand what they're saying is with their prospects. I remember working in management, and some guys would always talk about draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. And I'm like, I'm all about draft picks and everything. But you gotta win. Yeah. At some point, you gotta win. And that was the weird part
3: about this list for me was that the uh, the teams that have actually done some winning—yeah, Vegas, Colorado—I mean, Edmonton has at least been like there the last couple of years, right on, right in that area. They're all lower here. And it's like, you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. They're not going anywhere. Like, they're not going to let those guys leave. Yeah.
0: What the hell are we doing here? That's why when I see those lists, I, I, and again, I am being a fan. Like, I am. I am a fan of the absence. But I do believe that the next three years, you could easily pick them to the win the Stanley sailing up. Yeah. 100%. And and yeah, they don't have the deepest prospect, but we know that. Totally. Because it will cost you assets to but, go get and to go get things like that to win so
3: it all. The, the, the part about the prospects that I really want to touch on here is that, you know, Chicago with Bedard. That guy is a franchise player. Yeah. He's great. Where are they on this list? They're not. No. Because you need more than Connor Bedard. You know, and look, Kevin Korczynski looks great. Is he a franchise defenseman? I don't I don't know. But unless he turns out to be a Kael McCarr or a Rosmus Dahlien or a Miro Haskinen. Yeah. You know? Like, you're going to need a guy like that. Yeah. It's not Seth Jones. He's not like a high-end number one guy. So, the, the way that they did with the, the way that they looked at the prospects and all that, it's like, yeah, there are some great prospects. You're hoping they become 85%. Of the player that a Nathan McKinnon is. You know, you're hoping that you can get a 90% of a Jason Robertson. Something like that. You know, you need the elite players. You can have the greatest prospect pool in the world, but unless those guys turn into multiple elite players, you will not win a Stanley Cup. You will not be good enough.
2: So I, I did want to move this conversation a little bit. You kind of mentioned it with Chicago there, but not a lot of West Coast teams or West a couple more west coast teams to be obviously we'll talk about the abs in the top ten but a handful of other teams there and and on the opposite side of that can you make a case for should dallas really
1: be there oh i think dallas belongs in this list okay because i think we're looking at a three year window isn't so far off where i think dallas is going to run into trouble past that three window i do think in the immediate season the one following, and then maybe that year three looks a little bit tough depending on cap constraints because this is something that all these teams are going to have to navigate. The Avs are no exception to that. And I think how they've responded to trying to rebuild from the 2022 team in this cap era has been really strong for the Avs, and Dallas is going to be challenged in that way. But Mm -hmm. they are still really good right now in the immediate. And AJ was talking about, like with Buffalo, how there's promise at every level with Dallas some of it's already in the NHL but sure. there is yeah. in my Man. opinion promise at each level in young players and so it's not tra- you know traditionally prospect specifically for Dallas they gave up a lot of their depth which i think is funny in looking at the Colorado <laughs> conversation because a lot of it landed in Colorado but I still think they're pretty good. I believe in Jake Ondra. I believe in mm-hmm. Jason Robertson. I think that you know players like Ty Delandria and Mason Marchant, Marchment, Wyatt Johnson. I think those are going to be part of their depth moving forward as well. And Jamie Ben probably still has some years of hockey left in him as a leader, especially the Pavelski magic trick though is where they're going to start to run yeah, out of they, steam. They, there's a no way bit. they
3: can keep getting players like that on contracts
2: like no. that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah the, Joe sure. Pavelski
3: at three and a half million dollars. Eventually, this gift is going to stop giving. Yeah. And even if they get a guy that can replace his production, he will not cost three and a half million dollars every year. (laughs) They're going to have to pay for it.
1: This is also the Matt Duchesne story. Like, first of all, we don't even know what Matt Duchesne looks like in Dallas, (laughs) but that is also not a repeatable magic trick. So who knows what that really looks like? But for year one of this year three window that we're talking about because of this list... I still think Dallas belongs in the list. But other teams in the West, I, agree. I don't remember who all was in this I top ten. think it was
2: L.A. Because
1: I didn't care when I we didn't see Colorado list. We either. can bring
3: the list back up. But yeah.
1: Because I think, okay. You,
3: like the Kraken at five is like, what are I we doing I thought Kraken here?
1: belonged in the list, but I wasn't. Not at five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little surprised to see them at five. I didn't know if they made it. Just um, saying how so to take like, a deep breath. Like
3: I, so the two teams that I think... Um, the, Like, if they had put Vegas where Seattle is and Colorado where Minnesota or Dallas is and maybe slotted Dallas down a spot just a touch, I would have been way better with this. Yeah. But having Colorado on the outside of it, I thought was like, and obviously they're not outside of it by much. You know, it's really not a lot here. But
2: here's the hard part about me for Seattle specifically, is the question that everyone has for them is where are they going?
3: Well, and like, how much better can they possibly get? I
2: get it. Shane Wright's coming. They Mm -hmm. have
3: pieces. Right. But the question for both Shane Wright and Matty Veneers on draft day, both of them, what's their ceiling? Yep. Matty Veneers, great young player. He's going to be a great leader for that organization. He's going to be the face of that franchise for the first decade. Great. Is he a 70 point guy? Is he a 90 point guy? The difference there is enormous when it comes to that's your best player. Because they don't have, in terms of their prospects right now, they don't have a great defenseman. Riker Evans is fun. He's interesting. They don't have a great defensive prospect. Shane Wright's their best forward prospect who will be, at best, the 2C behind Matty Yep, Having good center depth is one of the keys that we talk about on the show all the time to a team that wants to try and win a Stanley Cup. But you need to either get really lucky, like the St. Louis year, where everything just gels at the perfect time, and you get very, very lucky in net.
2: Well, they're, or, uh, their their goaltending just needs a miracle. Or, well, or,
0: point, or
3: those it. or those guys take huge steps forward and they become legit one-two guys, yeah. and that's that's where the faith in Seattle is really weird to me, because they it's it's like yeah this, these are good players, but last year we saw what a mix of good players. Who all had the best seasons of their lives at the same time? They topped out in a seven game series in the second round, and it took every break under the sun to get out of round one. Uh, if
2: they continue to be this team, aren't they just
3: the worst version of Carolina? Yes. So it's all round. Ron Francis just created the recreated <laughs> Hurricanes West, yeah. but a worse version one of them.
0: Yeah. The one team, and I know Joey B's asking, and I was about to talk about it was the LA Kings. I don't want to scare anyone. But we, for, me, for the record, we are going to yeah, get to we'll the talk Kings about in a bit. About okay. in a bit. No, I want you to no, go no, ahead. Yeah. But I'm going to say no, we are no, going
3: to
2: no, focus wait, specifically wait. on the Kings oh, wait, at one point. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. They're, they're a big topic uh, coming yeah, up. Yeah, no, because
0: so. I got one big point to make on that one. But not right now.
2: And another team you played for. So on that note, we are brought to you by FOCO. You can go get your licensed sports apparel for any major sports team in the U.S. from Foco.com. And when you use the DNVR code at checkout, you get 10% off your order. Jump on it. Go check out their bobbleheads. They have a ton of amazing ones. Uh, Maybe with the the NBA trade today, go go get ready to buy a new Dame bobblehead Mm -hmm. that you can then rip the head off of or something.
3: (laughs) Me, personally, I love Dame. (laughs) So him being in the East now. Girl, bye. See you. Go crazy. <laughs> Go do whatever you want, out east, brother. <laughs> see you in the see you in the NBA final. I'm sure plenty of Nuggets fans would be happy to do rituals with uh, Nurkish bobbleheads. So, <laughs> well earned. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Him going to Phoenix is just like the villain gets villainier. Exactly.
0: Villainier.
3: Yeah. <laughs> More villainous. Villainous. He went from lackey to main bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being one eight hundred henchman, he's yeah. <laughs> he's the guy who now runs the henchman yeah, service. Exactly. Nice. Uh,
2: go check him out, foco dot com. They have all sorts of cool merch and apparel. Uh, I can use the DNVR code to get the 10% off. We're also brought to you by Bet365. You can go get your bets on with Bet365. They don't do ordinary over there. That's why when you sign up today, they'll give you $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1 when you sign up with the DNVR 365 code. So jump on that. Be sure to get in on it. Also, one of the cooler things we've done as a company... DNVR now has their own custom bets section with bet mm. 365.
3: I lost money on it last week. Well, look, maybe you should wait till the hockey bet. Oh, no. Come around. No, I did not. <laughs> no, I forgot. I won that. The Broncos bet 20, mm-hmm. 20 points in Jerry Judy with 25 receiving yards. Cash that sucker. That is not the bet you were supposed to win on that game. <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you, I made three separate Tyreek Hill bets, and all three <laughs> hit, baby. <laughs>
2: Bet against the Broncos might be a good strategy based on this season so far. Get over to Bet365. You can download the app today. Deposit $10 and claim your $365 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. Be sure to use that DNVR365 code to get that deal. It's never ordinary at Bet365. You must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, AJ put together our (laughs) Bet365 top five list this week,
3: so we're going to let his sick voice try and uh, get through this one. Yeah. P.S. I appreciate everybody's concern in chat. (laughs) It's fine. I feel fine. My voice just sounds like trash. (coughs) Naturally. (laughs) But yeah, so I put this top five together. This was kind of my top five over the next three years, the teams that I think are the scary, like the ones that loom largest. Uh, on the scene and this is where I want Eric you to pick up this Kings conversation because I have the LA Kings at 5
0: uh, I'm i I'm with you and that's what I was trying to say earlier and Joey B was talking about it o- online there but I don't want to scare anyone <laughs> first and foremost let's breathe here <laughs> um, and I'm not comparing them to <coughs> the abs of back then well you know they were built and they, they were strong down the middle LA Kings are strong. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say about Kopitar. Kopitar is He's one. He he's still ageless, play. apparently. Yeah. It's wrong. Like, you know what I mean? So it's I know wrong. it's wrong. He's older, but he's, you know. It's and against and nature. Obviously, they go get Dubois, you know, like him or not. Like he's, you know, again, they're, they're down the middle, they're pretty strong. Um, I do believe yeah. their back end is, you so know.
3: Kopitar, Dubois, Dano. Are yeah. you kidding me down the middle? Is there any center depth that you would take over them out West? No. Same.
0: That's my point. Same. So they're strong down the middle. Zachic oh, Forsberg mm-hmm. right back then. Um strong on D, right? You know, I, I do believe on their D I do believe in Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty can still play, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and he's got that swag. And if he's just healthy enough, he's done it. He's won a Norris, and he's older. That's mm-hmm. why I'm saying it's not quite like the Avs back then. But I can tell you for years they were looking for a goalie, the Avs. And then there was an act of whatever you want to call it, that famous <laughs> night in Montreal when Detroit absolutely helped the, eventually uh, the Avalanche. So what you're saying right?
2: is nobody scores seven goals on Winnipeg this yes. year. Don't do it, <laughs> all right?
0: <laughs> so what I'm trying to say back then is obviously no one wanted to help the Avalanche. I can tell you that there's some teams that would go after someone that they knew was available because they'd be like, I don't care, I don't need them, but I will go get them because I don't want them to get it because then they are lethal. Obviously, that night happens. They mm-hmm. get the goalie that needed. They go on have one of the best decades in the history of the National Hockey League.
3: They had a seven-year run where they had two Stanley Cups, I think three conference finals.
0: Four, I'm going to say. Four conference yeah. finals.
3: And they had one flame out in the first round against Edmonton. Of three-one in that series. In, in which Apparently Joe Sackick was ball. suspended for game mm-hmm. one. like. <laughs> A
0: Seattle level of what the fuck was that yeah. series? <laughs> we were three one, yeah. We just couldn't touch the puck afterward. It was the weirdest mm-hmm. thing. But uh, anyway, um, what I'm trying to say is LA's kind of like that. I mean, no offense to you know Talbot or you know whatever it is uh, Punic- uh, Copley. Yeah. Well, that's.
2: I want to go to Megan on this. Yeah. Is, is there any faith in their goalies, or is this the conversation? They just have to go out and find one.
1: I think they. St- <laughs> I do think they do, but I I have some belief in Copley. I consider him to be a young goaltender in his trajectory of things. That's just the runway there. Then there could be upside like we saw with Guri right? He's sort of later in his career, but with the opportunity could seize it and become the solution. And depending Mm -hmm. on the team in front, sometimes good goaltending is enough. (laughs) I'm not fully convinced for LA, but it's also similar with New Jersey for me. I believe New Jersey is high in this list, but that's also where I have a question mark because I think LA is so well constructed everywhere else in front. And it's it's just a question mark for both New Jersey and LA in that as far as I'm concerned. Question marks can be answered and the answer could be good, it's just there is a lot riding on. This is why I have
3: the Kings at five. Because right now Mm -hmm. they're spending two and a half million dollars on a goalie tandem that I think is not going to work, but I don't care. Because they've got enough assets. They've got enough of a prospect pool. They have not bled years and years of assets and young players, whatever. They could, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, and just just as an example, if you're the Winnipeg Jets or you're the Anaheim Ducks, and L.A. calls and says, we're going to give you Quentin Byfield, we want John Gibson or Connor Hellebuck. As a starting point, as a starting point, not not as a one-for-one or whatever, the the reason why I have the Kings here is because yes, I think their goaltending is going to be an issue. It could work if it works with Talbot and Copley. Rob Blake's a fucking genius. That's just all there is to it. Also, he probably gets really lucky a lot. Aiden Hill last year, <laughs> but they have all the assets necessary that they could easily go. And right now, the goaltender market is so weird yep. that there has never been more really good goaltenders potentially available. And getting ready to move around the league. We're going to see a major redistribution of goaltender talent in the next couple of years. Contracts ending, rebuilding teams moving on, whatever, whatever well, yeah, the case may be. Nashville? There are multiple UC Soros, another one. The, right. Or the, Yaroslav Askarov. The, Maybe they keep Soros and they move Askarov. Point being here: LA will have multiple <clears throat> kicks at the can. It will not be all eggs in one basket. And yeah. Why I have the Kings here is because if they feel like they need to, they can. What? They can do whatever they need to do to find that guy. There will be multiple of them available, which is keeps costs down. If there's only one available, the cost skyrockets because that is supply and demand. There are multiple available. The costs <laughs> will be lower. They've got all the assets in the world. They're in a great position if they need it. As Megan mentioned, if they need it, Phoenix Copley
0: rules. They're spending a million dollars on a starting Golden. It's fine. <laughs> They're fine. Until it's not, but No, I, I just do believe that they you know, again, I do believe they gotta go do what the ads did. Go get a Georgia and, and and pay whatever it was, which I thought was really fair Mark. Two thirds I mean, of a fifth. I mean I thought I thought it was like a steal. I thought it was uh, one of the best trades the last five years in hockey by C Mac and the fellas. No, I do believe the Kings have to do that. They could that, just
3: be an all-halves list, to be honest. That's,
0: that's what I'm saying. I mean, Avantes, I know, <laughs> yeah. the list goes on. They've been masterful. They've been awesome. And that's, why you win. that's why you win, because you have a strong Hadron. front office. Those guys have been great. Um, but I do believe the Kings, if they want to be yeah, – they're taken seriously. But if mm-hmm. they really want people to shake their boots a little bit, if they go get a goalie, and they do have a couple assets, a couple names you said mm-hmm. that I do believe they will use to go get a goalie, of that nature. I, here's,
2: here's my one pullback from that. Yep. A year or two from now, I don't know if Byfield's going to be
3: worth as much. He won't be, but that's they, they won't need to know a year or two from now. They will figure this that's out. Fair. That we will know how You're they feel about this March. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they will know how they feel by March, and that's why I have them on this list. Okay. Because I think they solve that problem long term sooner than later. Yep. If they do not. They dropped down this list a bunch. All right, let's, let's move remember, to number 4 remember
0: when he played the GM. I, I, got, you. I
2: the GM got you. I got you. He's where? seen
3: some pretty built teams. Colorado Avalanche. He played everywhere.
0: No, but ah, it that matter. guy was a traveler by the end. He played in San Jose, too. Well, guess where he won. Okay, is that a better question? <laughs> <laughs> where did he win? Number four. It's called For me, it's Colorado.
3: Because, I'm sorry, this is a really easy equation for me. They have Nathan McKinnon. They have Kale McCarr. And they're not letting Miko Rantanen leave. No, End of conversation. Three
2: top 15 players. Three top three top
3: 15 players <laughs> with a Stanley Cup already. And and I have said this already, we have felt this at training camp. They're pissed. They, <clears throat> they they want this year will be their true title defense. They are pissed. When you have championship caliber players who are extra motivated, not coming off of a short off season, coming in healthier, coming in with a, a fresh mindset. A refreshed motivation. Well, good luck, all of y'all. Just to add on to that,
2: the next three years are Nathan McKinnon's prime. This is the best version of Nathan McKinnon we're ever gonna uh-huh. see. Miko Ranton at the end of these three years will just be hitting that part of his career. and Kyle
3: McCart's 24. <laughs> the baby. The baby. Well, and Kyle McCart's gonna go down as a top three defenseman of all time. right And so we're talking about in those next three years, could win three Norris trophies. I think I think in those next three years he wins a Hart Trophy, he probably wins another Conn Smythe. Like I'm feeling the Abs right now. Obviously, I'm talking about them winning the Cup and all this bullshit. But like,
0: it's not bullshit. I'm
3: I sorry. think I think I think that. Well, and I th- I have full confidence that Kale McCarr. That that trophy case is just going to be bananas by the end of it. And that is the next three years.
0: Yep. Like, well, you you have players like that. That's what we're talking about. Like success. You have players like. McKinnon and Rantanen and forget about Kale for a second, but you can have 10 years of success. You mm-hmm. can because they were here at a young age and and they're not 35 years old. Yeah. And Kale McCarr, to your point, for me, is the most valuable player in the NHL. Yes, yeah, so he is the most valuable player to a team. It's 30 minutes a night that he controls the game. I didn't say he's the best player. He's the most valuable player for me in the NHL.
3: I want to add to this point because I know that there are people who are like I've had people be like, how can you these same guys lost to Seattle last year? Keep in mind one thing they can't do it alone. They yeah. do need help. Yeah. Look at the roster. Look at how much better it is. This Look at the one. roster in game seven. In game seven, that they outplay Seattle beginning to end.
0: they get, was playing they, forward.
3: They get the all time. <laughs> Hell yeah! You get you you open the scoring in that game with an unbelievable bounce, a puck a puck that goes from the corner and caroms three times off of the avalanche and into a net, like and that's hockey. Like we've talked about, it something you need something like that, but it took the best version of Seattle ever, like ever. It's been two years, but I mean of those, but but I mean (laughs) of those guys of their careers, the best version of Vince Dunn in his career, the best version of Jared McCann. It took. All of those things. Now, obviously, McCann was hurt, but <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
3: it took all of those things to create a razor thin seven game series. And the Abs had four guys at forward who were not getting their head kicked in every single night. It was it was Lekkanen, yeah. it was McKinnon, it was Rantanen, and it was Evan Rodriguez. And right now, Evan Rodriguez on this roster would be your ninth Wouldn't best he, forward. Would he even be ninth? Like yeah, he'd be ahead of Miles Wood, and that's it.
2: Yeah, I guess that's fair. Uh, And that's it. I do want to talk about what our our local Habs fan is is mentioning here a little bit, but Megan, I wanted to go to you before we get to that. Or you can talk about that, if that's what you want to touch on.
1: Which part specifically, culture or Gabe? Gabe.
2: Gabe is what I'm going to talk about. You can talk about whatever you want.
1: I mean, it is interesting to talk to some of the new players here and hear the recurring theme about how high-strung this group is because of the standard of winning being the only standard. Mm -hmm. And even... I love the way it trickles down from the Avs to the Eagles organization. Even hearing Nate Clerman talk about how he was able to take a step forward in his game in being around Loveland and that staff there. This is how the organization is run from top to bottom. And I think that's a really important point, that there is not any amount of carelessness in how they approach something as mundane as practice. And looking at something like that and finding people who fit that really well and bringing them on board is what makes a winning culture and will keep them competitive for many years to come. It's not to say that it doesn't have much to do with the personnel, but it's more so if you find the right people who can buy into that, it makes a huge difference. And it's also just, in talking about goaltending, Georgiev's a part of the equation for a little bit longer too, is right in that window, depending on what he's looking at at the end of this all, if he's really happy with what's happened in Colorado, could be an even longer term solution. But it's just another reason why They're pretty locked in for the near future, and I think they're going to get things done with Devontae's. I think so. And that just makes this irrefutable to talk about that window with them. And I know we could have a separate conversation about a prospect pool for another day, but I just don't find myself getting too down on that and looking at, I don't know, I'm excited about what's, it might not be the biggest prospect pool, but I've been excited and proud of what they've done with it so far in the last couple of years.
3: Also... If they move on from Georgiev, because we're talking about the next three years, he's here for two of them. Exactly. If they move on, do you not have faith that they're whatever they do? That they've knocked it out the park
2: three times
3: in a exactly. row at that they've, position? They, <laughs> they have arguably gotten better yeah. with each one of those going from Grubauer to Kemper to now Georgiev. Yep. Like, And maybe, maybe Georgiev's great, and they just keep him. And they just pay him. And you're just like, well, great. Okay.
0: Well, you don't win if you have a crappy culture. It's impossible to win. Mm-hmm. So culture does play a big well, role, obviously. You know,
2: I've made the comparison that this Avs team is like the Chicago Bulls from The Last Dance. Nathan McKinnon is Michael Jordan, sure. and they will either bully you into the winning mentality if you don't have it, or you get out of the team. because yeah, you won't
1: be here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. they are
3: a lot more like the 92 Bulls than the 96 <laughs> Bulls, okay?
0: I, I just meant the mentality, not I'm the just, I'm I'm just saying. And, and to touch on Georgiev. I saw something yesterday, today, a top 10 list in the league of goalies, and he's not there. I mean, are you kidding me? He's a top 10 goalie in the National Hockey League. Was it
3: the game. one where he was 13? I have no idea. I Because they had 10. Carter Hart ahead of him on that <laughs> list. I saw
0: that. I, I'm like, are you serious? Like, how can you write that? Like, last year, he's arguably one of the best goaltenders. With all the injuries they had. I mean, coaching job was awesome. Mm-hmm. Betsy and the guys did an awesome job. Call-ups did well. But there was one common denominator was uh-huh. George He was awesome. And And it showed you that he can be a number one. So when I see a top ten list, I don't see Georgiev. That's not being a fan of the Abs. That's just being realistic. Like, he's a top ten goalie in the National Hockey League. Oh yeah. Eyes closed. Uh, The last thing,
2: and then we can move on to number three: the Gabe Landeskog situation. Right Right now, it's in a weird spot because they have to make these moves where it's like, well, we can use Landeskog's money, but it's for one year.
3: The funny, the funny thing for me is, when it comes to Gabe Landeskog, there's no the the Abs are fine here.
1: Yeah, because, no, exactly.
3: Because they're going to, when they win the Stanley Cup this year, they're going to, then they need to replace Jonathan Duran and Tomas Tatar next year. Gabe Landis comes rolls back. In. And Nikolai Kovalenko's already under contract. Right. Well, and that's. <laughs> and, so, and if those things don't happen. If Gabe Landeskog, Kovalenko's here anyway, and if Gabe Landeskog doesn't come back, then you give some of that money to well, Jonathan Drew. And, and, and that's my point. <laughs> like, like you just run it back, the dude. The
2: lack of clarity with Landeskog <laughs> has put them in a weird situation where they have one year to spend that $7 million. Yeah. But in a year, either Gabe Landeskog comes back and you're like, great, or... Gabe landis probably never plays again if he doesn't come back next year. Yeah. And
3: then you yeah. have $7 million to spend. Right. And you could start making a longer-term commitment with that $7 million and not what they did this year, which is chop it up into a bunch of pieces. Yep. They could start to dip more into that $7 million and make commitments to guys. And Because when you look at the Avs, they're pretty locked into most of their roster. So I know we're going to move on from Colorado and all that, <laughs> yeah. but, like—
0: Why? Why? Like yeah. we are
2: a Colorado abs show it, yeah. well, straight
3: up but like <laughs> this was our chance to really get into the abs yeah. portion of this yeah. conversation but like with with, with Landis Kog he comes back oh you just won a Stanley Cup and Gabe Landis <laughs> is coming <laughs> back oh no <laughs> yeah. and you go from Jonathan Duran to Gabe Landis you feel pretty good about that or he does it you and spend you some of that money Jonathan Duran
2: to Jonathan Duran
3: <laughs> you keep Jonathan Duran assuming obviously he, he has a great well yeah, they if they win a Stanley Cup, I'm assuming Jonathan Durant plays a pretty significant role in that. <laughs> just assuming. Uh, and then and then like you're fine, like you're, you're not you're not sweating any of these things. So there really isn't like a main problem. Yeah, you have to figure out Devon Taves, but with when it comes to Devon Taves situation, I think there's three paths that are that are here. You're keeping Kale on without a doubt, and you're either you're either building around a big three of McCar, Taves Gerard. Or it's or McCarr, Gerard, yeah. Byram. Yeah. Or it's McCarr, Taves, Byram. There's no bad solution. There. <laughs> you just have to figure out which one it is. Yeah. That's what this year will be. You know, no. If Devon Taves signs an extension in two weeks, which is not off the table, if he signs it, an, and I'm, that's just me throwing out a random date, not saying that they're getting closer <laughs> to anything. Just, I'm just saying. If he signs the extension, the writing is on the wall for one of Byram or Gerard. If Byron likely, plays yeah. too well, he plays the kind of game that we think he could. He could end up being the guy that has to go, not because he's worse than Gerard, but because he's Gerard is more cost efficient at that point. But either way, those are the three scenarios that play out on defense. One of those three will happen, and no matter which one you pick, you're in a good you're in a good spot. Number 3? We ready to move on?
0: Yes.
3: Yeah, number three, Carolina, we talked about. They're a great organization. We, we kind they've, of covered them already. They've got yeah, the goods.
2: Perennial contenders. And we, you know, maybe they don't have that top guy. Maybe they need that extra push. Maybe it's Svechnikov staying healthy. Maybe that's it.
1: I think is actually with goaltending. Yeah, Svechnikov. they've had a lot of goalie I, problem I injuries. I think that's yeah. big for Carolina.
0: They got three goalies, right? They're yeah. They're going to go with three in
3: the roster. Well, because two of them, Freddie Anderson and Antti Rantar, made a glass. Yep. They're going with three, yeah. Like, they know what they're getting into with those cats, so they have a third goaltending, that they're clearly comfortable just being like, well, he's our guy. So I don't know why they're even messing with it. They should have just moved on from anti-Ranta. He (laughs) is
2: truly the glassiest of glass goalies. Seriously.
3: But, boy, he can steal a game. Oh, 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 he's great.
2: Lord. Three years ago, I wanted him on the ends. yeah And then he the broke himself remember? three Ball years Arena? in a row. Oh, and I was like, okay, well. It was
0: a game at Ball Arena, like in yeah, a weird year. year. Oh, my God. I'm sitting by myself in the stands. I was like, wow. This guy's sick. You know what I mean? He's great. Yeah, he just Right up can't until stay his healthy. hamstring no, at, and yeah. Yeah. Oh,
3: His time in Arizona, yeah. yeah, can't do it. I've always He, liked him, he can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two.
2: Look, this is... AJ's in love with this hockey team.
3: Which is funny because they're at two. (laughs) I have a team that I'm more in love with. Um, So this is... You have Jack Hughes up front. You have Nico Heischer at 2C. Your center depth is great. Nico is going to win the Selkie this year. P.S. He's going to win the Selkie this year. (laughs) So with Patrice Bergeron, uh, other adults are now allowed to win awards again. (laughs) So, you know, uh, Nico is going to win that award this year. He's an s- exceptional two-way player. Jack Hughes is an unbelievable dynamo on offense. Their forward core is loaded, f- yeah. ridiculous in how good it is. It's ridiculous how good it is. And it's, it's deep, and it's extremely high-end at the top. It's fantastic. When a Dawson Mercer just falls into your lap like that. Thanks. Well, and, and like <laughs> now you have a full year of Timo Meyer. Yeah. yeah. Like, girl, please. New Jersey rocks. And their defense, you have a top-five pick may not even make that defense. (laughs) Oh, and the other top-five pick of Luke Hughes looked amazing in the postseason. (laughs) We'll see how it translates because we've always kind of had questions about how good is Luke Hughes actually. For my money, I think he ends up better than Quinn. Worse than Jack, better than Quinn. That's a really good player. (laughs) (laughs) And they also have Dougie Hamilton is still hanging out on that roster. They lose Ryan Graves and don't even blink. That defense is great. Megan mentioned earlier, what's up with the goaltending? It's a fair question, but when you look at where they are, why I have them here and the Kings at five, because Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmid are both better than Camp Talbot and Phoenix Copley. It's not the ideal tandem, but it's a competitive one.
2: Well, and you can have the same conversation you did with L.A. if you Exactly. Need to, right? yeah.
3: And if you are Winnipeg, going again back to Winnipeg and Connor Halibut, Schmid is a lot more of an appealing
0: Options trade piece, yeah.
3: where you're like, we will. He can be part of a Hellebuck return, you know. Schmid and uh, Alexander Holtz in a first round pick, you know, like huge package for Hellebuck. You know, probably to me that would be more enticing than Quinton Byfield, and that's that's where New Jersey, their prospect pool is still great. They could move on from Nemec if they wanted to. They still could. They, they could. They could. They could include that guy into into a deal. I would. You know, Winnipeg again. Winnipeg. What do they need? They need a defenseman more than anything in the world. They need a good young defenseman that could help the top of their defensive lineup. We may not personally be the biggest fan not, of the kid, but, but, but that's got Nemec's name written all over. Exactly it, right? that exact deal for a hell Where you are like, yeah. So those like New Jersey is just in a they're in a wonderful position which sucks because my whole life it's been easy to hate them (laughs) because they're boring and they're slow and they're uninteresting. And now they're fun and they're fast and they're here to stay.
0: Well, I'm a big Tom Fitzgerald fan. I played with him. Um, He was a worker. He stopped obviously playing, worked in the NHL. There's a lot of guys that just have positions that don't work. He's worked. He's worked. He was in Pittsburgh for those Stanley Cups. I think they got the right guy when they went and got him. Was he
3: a USA hockey guy for a while?
0: Uh, well, he is a USA, obviously Boston guy, but uh, USA Hockey. Did he work for USA Hockey? Well, I don't know. I was maybe just curious. Maybe the World Championships. Uh, maybe. You know, like, yeah. But 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 Fitzy went to work, and I thought when Jersey hired him, was the right hire, and I think it's it's a perfect fit for him, and I think he wanted that high intensity hockey. Um, obviously you get Jack Hughes. I don't know if you guys Certainly. saw the highlight yesterday. Oh my God, that was wrong
2: Certainly not the classic New
0: Jersey no, from not the 2000s. The no, no, no. <laughs> There's goes, no more trap out and, there. And I do believe he did it f- from the ground up. I think they hit the home run there with Jack Hughes. He yeah, oh, yeah. Deal. I, I don't know if you guys saw the highlights in Montreal yesterday. Oh my God, that was like, it's like, honestly, it's like, it's like Xbox.
1: You know what I
0: mean? Like, <laughs> it's, hey, so it's easy, back. you know? And I do believe that that d is going to be really good. So, yeah, they're, 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 they're a tough out in the East this year. Mm-hmm. My question,
2: Megan, is can they survive the Eastern bloodbath? Because the East has kind of turned into this perennial arms race of chaos.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then we saw the ways it didn't really pay off, like for Boston. Certainly New York, in the playoffs,
2: so, things went sideways fast. And yeah. profile looking fizzles.
1: at where Boston is now.
2: Yeah, Bad spot.
1: It's... It's a facade. I still think it's going to be challenging, but okay. I, New Jersey lives in that challenge and yep. I think took a big step forward last year and honestly, I think would have had a more impactful playoff run had it not been for injuries. And I think when we see a healthy New Jersey team, this conversation will be more than justified.
2: Is it not feel a little bit like the 2019 abs or something in that range? Ooh,
1: I don't even want to hear you say that because <laughs> it's like what followed for the 2019 abs, we saw, and so that... <laughs> It's very appropriate that we talk about them in this way then.
3: Yep. Uh number 1. it's Buffalo.
1: I love this take.
3: And for me it's Buffalo because you have an elite what I what I believe are going to be elite players at all three levels. You have Tage Thompson is your franchise center. Oh, I, I don't know how the hell that happened, you but have it happened.
2: A, a defense that's turning into a really good
3: defense. You have Rasmus Dalin. <laughs> And Owen Power yeah. as a 19-year-old. I was looking at Owen Power's numbers last year. They're good. As a 19-year-old, he's like a league average defenseman that casually drops like 30, 40 points, whatever it was. Yeah. And because I was looking at his underlings, so on his counting stats because I'm a nerd. And <laughs> I'm like, he's 19. Like, give me a break with this. Uh, and I mean, they have a big bruiser in Matias Samuelson yep. signed for the rest of his life already. <laughs> so... Like they've got they've got those pieces. They have the deepest forward core of prospects I think I've probably ever seen in my life. They've got twelve guys right now on their roster on on for their forwards that are all legit. They could all have twenty goal seasons or be very good two- way players like a Peyton Krebs. And then, oh, by the way, they've got five more of them
2: <laughs> in the, in the pipeline, e- either in
3: yeah. the AHL or in Zach Benson's case blowing up the the preseason, just being like, I'm 18. Cut me, bitch. Like, (laughs) I dare you to cut me. Like, the kid is unbelievable. And they're just, they're so deep and they're so talented and they can't play all those guys. And then, so they're going to have to make a high-level move and it will be for a defenseman. They'll package up four of those goddamn guys, four of those high-end forward prospects, for a top defenseman, whichever one they want. Which is whatever They'll, if you're Nashville, you're like yeah, we'll give you Roman Yosi, you know, like whatever. And those guys are the start of the next Nashville generation. And then they oh by the way, they have the best goaltending prospect in the world in Devin Levi. Just hanging out. It's twenty one. Mm. <laughs> it's gonna be their starting goaltender. Guy's unbelievable. Not so bad. Not I mean, bad. you're you just all of these guys, all three levels. You have an elite talent that are going to be among the very best at their positions for the next decade. They are here to They're They're here and they're deep, yep. deep, 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 deep. And when you talk about the ability to make a move to fill whatever weakness crops up over time, right now it's a right-handed defenseman, not unique in the NHL. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the league. <laughs> uh, they can just go get whatever one they want, man. They're they're that deep asset wise. They can yep. do whatever they want. Definitely. Anything to add? I yeah. put put money on them to make the postseason. Oh, I did. I have too.
0: <laughs> well, for me, a couple factors. Donnie Granato, big fan. It doesn't get better uh, as a human being. He's a great technician of the game, like tactical stuff. He, let's not forget, they brought in some good people in EJ, uh-huh. right? In Our the media, EJ. yeah. 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 Worst trade in avalanche history, Baghdad. I don't know about that. We can debate that. <laughs> it's true. But you know what? He was here forever. And <laughs> you know what? What a good person he is. He's going to be a perfect fit in that room. They have size. I'm a big Alex Tuck fan. Mm-hmm. Big, big Alex Tuck fan. Cousins, Tuck, obviously, well, Paige. Uh, I mean, look, you talk about EJ. Yeah. The perfect
2: guy to come into an organization that has a history of losing mm-hmm. and say, look, Perfect.
0: I was how there. Get,
1: yeah, you say you get across the finish yeah, line. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. He's perfect. A different kind of winners there than, than Colorado, but he's going to be perfect for them, right? And then, like I said, their size and skill, it's it's a weird combination. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I mean, again, who'd they go get from Mini last year, too? I'm not saying he's been great. Jordan Greenway. I like yeah. him in I'm just so saying yeah. that you can skate, you're big, you're tough to play against when you're that size as, as a team. And then you touched on it. I know we're going to talk about predictions coming up here in the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. He might not be there at the start of the year. He might have to go in the American League for a few weeks. But I'll say it right here. I'll take the heat. Devin Levi's winning the Calder. That's
3: spicy. That's That's spicy. I I share this take with him. He's going to beat out Connor Bedard. Write it down.
2: Spicy, spicy, spicy right there. I love that goalie. Uh,
3: That was our Bet365 top five list.
2: Thing is, one of those teams is going to end up golfing early. And if you want to go golfing, get over to Broken Tee Golf Course. That's the place to get your golf on here in Colorado. It's a fantastic It'll course. It'll be the Hurricanes. With 20- <laughs> 27 holes over at Broken Tee, an 18-hole championship course, and a par 3, 9-hole course too, so you can get out there and have some fun, no matter the level of golfer that you are. Uh they have a ton of amazing stuff. Restaurants. Their pro shop is incredible. They have a bunch of amazing pros. When you want to get your tea time, go to brokenteagolf.com and get 10% off with code DNVR10 on any round on their regulation hmm. course. What's that? Nothing. Okay.
1: Broken L- I was looking at the desk, sorry.
2: Better vibes than AJ randomly humming at me. <laughs> also brought to you by fubo tv if you want to watch your colorado sports fubo is the best way to do it right now super easy to use you just click on your tv you click the fubo app you're watching live television over 140 channels when you go to fubotvcom dnvr today you get 15 percent off your first month of fubo pro they include a bunch of amazing stuff as well a thousand hours of dvr you can get a free trial if you want to test it out of course, they have NFL, college football. They even have Red Zone. So if you want to watch the highlights and things like that, they got you fully covered. Fuotv.com slash DNVR. Is, right, is he drinking like milk? It's
0: coffee. Coffee. Okay. Almond, almond milk coffee. Dairy-free.
2: <laughs> okay. It looked like a milk bottle to me. It's a uh, lot of sodium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Salty coffee oh, me feel bad. for a salty guy. Uh, I mean, is, doesn't it say salted caramel on it?
2: Oh, <laughs> third period of the DNVR. Of course, it does. Avalanche yeah. <laughs> podcast. We have a couple super chats that I want to get to first. Five dollars from Banks, who says can't wait for your coverage of this season. Thanks yeah. for keeping us entertained this off season. We did our best this off season, man. I, th- I think we we put made some pretty cool stuff this off season. Well, and like and
3: the season, about, <laughs> this the 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 season too. Like so like oh hey. Maybe we'll just casually make a documentary in the middle of the year, you know? <laughs> we're gonna maybe we'll just maybe we'll just try something different. Yep. You know, like we've already done so many different things in the last couple of weeks for the rookie face off and training yep. camp. Yep. So, it's been a lot. you know, we're gonna we have coming. We're gonna, <laughs> we no, coming. Sh- no, not even anymore. We're here, <laughs> we're more here than Prime is at this we point. Got him. Uh, Ten dollars from Melanie, who says, "Stopping in
2: to say hi. Go Avalanche! Thanks again for your content. I look forward to it daily. Great addition with Eric. Yeah, yeah. Thank he's a,
3: he's okay.
2: He does all right. <laughs> uh, what what what? Your your French viewer called Aj the other day. Super, super, super Aj. Aj, <laughs> which. I'm sorry, but Eric's the only one on the pod that can read French. If you guys are <laughs> leave, leaving French comments, what's going to go over our heads. No, the mostly. guy loved them. The guy loved them. <laughs> <laughs> Eric or is the our translator. I don't remember. was a yeah, guy. I don't girl, know. That was uh, awesome. And then $14 from the amazing Drew. If Bet365 had three-year futures, I'd be putting my money on the abs. No bias at all, of course. Love the content, you guys. Mm-hmm. Let's effing get it. Yep.
3: We're out here. I'm just saying, wouldn't it be really wild if they did win the next three Stanley Cups?
1: Oh my God! If they
3: won the next three, that would be incredible. Well, if like they win the next two by the third one, are we bored or are we just like,
2: I if they if they win the next two, I don't know how to cover the last yeah. season because I'd yeah. be like, what? Well, I guess the expectation is they win again. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs>
1: well,
3: what are you gonna do? Stop them. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck like you, McDavid. You know, like.
1: <laughs> Guys, please, I haven't had a summer in years. <laughs>
3: right. I don't know what the month of May has to offer anymore.
1: Uh,
2: I I do think this is an interesting conversation, though, uh, on the whole. But I want to ask, how much different is your top five list this year compared to your top five list
3: three years from now?
2: Is it really just L.A. at the bottom that is significantly different?
3: Um, I wouldn't have Buffalo there yet. I think they're gonna be a like they're gonna have to push. That's a good that's a good division. Sure. Um they're gonna have to push hard to make that postseason. But also I think that there's that division is ripe for upheaval. Um strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, well, and so like that's why over the next three years I think they do it. But in the this upcoming season, I'm a little iffy. Um I'm I'm actually more curious about like which of the teams that we have not talked about in this top 11, you know, Florida was 12 on that list by I think point 1 point yeah, or something. Yeah. But like where uh, and we can we can focus this on the central division because that's the division we actually give a shit about. Yep. <laughs> uh, Chicago, Arizona, Nashville, St. Louis. Minnesota. Minnesota was for some reason in the top ten on that list because yeah, I don't, for, I don't for whatever that, reason, everybody <laughs> buys the Gustafson breakout, but not the Georgiev breakout. I I don't I'm confused by that in particular. I think better
0: anyway, so. <laughs> well,
3: well, or will be. He man, he's a he's good. He's big. Yeah. He's <laughs> good. I So I'm I'm curious how you each of you guys kind of feel about like which of the teams is the one that most intrigues you over the next three years out of the central? I think Colorado and and Dallas are clear for the next couple of years. I think they're the they're the favorites there, barring a major change or injury or whatever. Um, I think those are the ones that are are head. So I'm curious which how you guys feel about who's ne- like who's the next one
1: in three years?
3: Oh, over the next three years, Arizona. like okay,
1: Logan Cooley's for real. How for real? So, for real,
3: is he Matt Duchesne or is he Nathan McKinnon?
1: Neither, I think. In between, yeah, no, I, I think his impact is going to be a little bit different. I don't know. In between, actually, is the perfect way I would put it. Yeah,
2: it's Arizona for me, too. I think is the most fascinating one. I think Chicago's still a little further away, even with Connor Bedard. Two, I think it,
3: we've what's next
2: for Chicago exactly? Like Bedard is obviously. Unreal. And there is a whole bunch of nothing around that guy. Uh, and, and like you, On
1: I, purpose, too. Like, like totally, they totally. actively chose that. Well,
3: and, like, this is just getting started. So that they got Bedard at the very beginning of it is weird. Yep. Because now the pressure for them to turn it around quicker it's is a long. lot yeah. higher. You know, because if Arizona had gotten Bedard, they've been at this for a few years. If you dropped Bedard in between Clayton Keller and Nick <laughs> Schmaltz, you're looking at them going, oh, shit.
2: Well, and even without Bedard, you're looking at Arizona right now and saying, I like some of the moves they made this offseason. I think this team could be competitive this year. I agree. Third
3: line, Jason Zucker is a pretty good.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Kerfoot. And like,
2: are they a cup contender right now? No. Could they be a cup contender in the end of this three years? Yeah, I think they could be if things go well.
3: Yeah.
1: What if Sanolk is like really good? So
3: (laughs) I think Chicago and Arizona kind of have the same problem. Sure. Who's going to be the guy on D? You know, Arizona at least tried Yeah. with Simishev. They tried to go and find that guy in the draft. Right now, it doesn't look great that they – because they're the team that passed on Zach Benson. Yeah. For Daniil Boot. We'll see. Right now, (laughs) oh, my God. Just in the moment, oh, my God. Could you imagine Zach Benson making that team this year? Well, I still think you start to run into a size problem because you have Matias Michelli and, and Zach Benson, like, very, very, very small at that point where you'll be a fun regular season team and you're just going to get bullied. But having that kind of talent is better than not when the alternative is, like, you might miss the postseason anyway. But, like, defense it's, – because it's, right now it's Simashev. Yep. You know, I, I like the Coyotes getting Sean Derzy. But, you know, Yusuf Alamaki yeah. was a great waiver pickup. Like and they've, they've picked up a lot of middling guys, right? Right. Like, they've got guys that can help the middle of that and bottom of that defense. Yeah. Who's at the top? Who's the difference maker? Because it's right now it's Simashev and Korczynski for those franchises. Yep. And I think this speaks to the idea of Chicago just started this. Yep. Seth Jones will have aged out, yeah. Uh, yeah. even if you think of him as a top guy right now, which I think you're high, but okay. <laughs> Um, he will have aged out in the next couple of years from being a top, top guy. So who's next? Like, what's the next? So that's that's my curiosity is, is there anybody in the division that, because I, I agree with Megan, I love what the Coyotes have done.
1: And I think they have assets to improve defensively mm-hmm. if they want to.
2: They just have to find it. the guy, right? It. Yeah, yeah, the guy. Eric, are you on the
3: Arizona train, or are you taking somebody else?
1: I don't think he is. Uh, He he doesn't look like he is. (laughs) We'll see.
0: How
3: much of this is the team, and how much of this is the organization?
1: Yeah,
0: I'm not. I mean, I think a lot has to go right for them, right? Mm -hmm. The arena deal and all that kind of stuff, and that's going to play a big factor. But, yeah, as as far as prospect pools, I mean, again, Cooley, I mean, Keller's still a young guy. You mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm a big Nick Schmaltz fan too. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that they're going to be better. They're going to be better than. And I think the Bear, uh, Touring, he does a good job behind the bench. I think mm-hmm. he's got he's. They've had some continuity there the last couple of years. I think Armstrong's done a good job. Uh, so does the Bear. And you know now they got to make that next step, right? Mm-hmm. We always say is it, you got to you got to you got to take it in there. Now you got to bring yeah. the boat, you know, in the postseason, and then. How do you learn to play in the postseason? You know, and then sometimes you just never get it right. San Jose mm-hmm. Sharks back then they were just a good team, and actually Asheville. they were picked to win the cup every year, but then they just never could do it right. You know, so the Pete DeBoer effect. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah like you look but, at the Preds and Jets. Yeah, well, that you know they're good teams, and some, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to you have to turn it. And the playoffs, it's it is a different season. You have, I mean, it's not a cliche; it's real. I mean, it's it is a different season. So we'll have to wait and see. I think the jury's still out on on Coyotes, but oh, they've done a good job.
2: All right. Well, would you take someone else from the Central over the next three years, or is it?
0: No, I think you guys are fair. I mean, right. I, when I say you guys, I think we're all on the same page. Yeah.
3: How do we feel? I think the team. So I think Nashville is still. We're Wrong, figuring correct. it out.
0: I I'm not a believer.
3: Like I'm like not. I don't think Nashville knows what the hell it's doing right now because I think Nashville's just like we're gonna see how this year goes and then figure it out yeah. from there.
1: I think they're deconstructing.
3: And I agree. And with St. Louis, it's kind of like. They're stuck in the ways of we think we have to compete every year. Yeah. And so we don't know what they're, to do now. They're,
2: they're Detroit from a decade ago. Like, Ooh.
3: <sighs> that is very good, sir. That actually gave me tingles because <laughs> it felt so correct. Tingles? Yeah. Right, tingles. Goosebumps. Sorry. I got you. Tingles. S-A-T
0: word. Yeah, I got it.
3: Um, So those are the teams that like, like St. Louis is kind of stuck. I don't really know what to do. St. Louis is in this weird thing where they're like, they've got too much talent to just yep. be like, Strip it down Because like Wow That would be a lot of Stripping it down Robert Thomas Jordan Cairo You know that Pavel Pucinavich You Braden talk about Shen, Scorched
2: like, earth That would be full Scorched earth There
3: would earth. have to be A <laughs> lot of moves That would have to be made In order to tear it down But also the version of them That they have spent money on And, and invested in Is not very good Yep Uh, And will not be any good unless Jordan Bennington rediscovers the freak form that won them a Stanley Cup. Yep. Which he's gotten worse every year. It just seems really unlikely at this point. Goalies be what goalies be. So I don't want to say never. I would love for it to be never because F that guy. But, (laughs) you know, with St. Louis, it's kind of like whatever. But the team that I am most curious about here, because everybody loves Coyotes right now. It's easy to see their offseason and be like, where their rebuild is is where teams, where we're outsiders love mm-hmm. to start attaching themselves. We saw it last year with Detroit and yep. Ottawa in particular, yep. uh, and we still obviously see it with Detroit. Good God. But the Minnesota Wild, they still have two more years wow. of this 14 million dead cap thing. The cap will, can, will go up. If they can it will, just hold it together for like the next
2: two years.
1: Two more yeah. years
3: of... And then all of a sudden, it's going to be like a $20 million cap freedom for them yep. in a couple of years. But that's two more years of Kiro Kaprizov's prime Gone. that they yeah. probably do not do something serious. Where do we feel about The Wild? Because I I don't know. I Yeah, I don't
2: feel about The Wild, to be honest with you. It's I just don't see how they can make it work to be... Not, not competitive. They'll continue to have first round exits with yeah. their $14 million cap crunch. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe that third year they throw a billion dollars at everybody and, and try to make something happen. But as far as this three year window, I can't give them credit for they'll have a lot of money three years from now.
1: It's tough. I I think that they've done their best to hold on, and they've done a good job of holding on, Mm -hmm. but along the way, there've been casualties. They had to lose Fiala, they lose Greenway, and those were two important pieces, especially up front for them. I still think they're really solid defensively, but that's just going to grow older. Uh, And So they're just in a tough spot to when the money does get freed up for them, blanch off of that, because I still think Kaprizov, Ericsinek, in a few years from now, can still be good, and Mm -hmm. they have some young prospects coming up that could also be good and pan out um rossi so that's where i think they could sneak up us on us in a few years to come too because there are some young players boldy i i'm not i'm not off on boldy um (sighs) i i kind of believe in kaylin addison i know that was a hot take last year but I, i think he could still improve from where he was at um and so in looking at these things and seeing that they've held on pretty well I think they could sneak up on us. I'm not saying like Stanley Cup contenders in a few years' yeah. time, but I think that when things open up for them, they could surprise us as a better team.
3: And where where I think they've been great is obviously yeah. that you mentioned that defense aging out between Brodeen and Spurgeon. Yeah. Um, lost Dumba. Yeah, and they lost Dumba. And it's like, it's fair to wonder how much Dumba was being made by getting to play next to Brodeen all those years. Arizona's you know, gonna find out, <laughs> right? And it will be interesting to see. But you mentioned Kalen Addison, but Kalen Addison, Brock Faber, yes, Carson Lambo's—they've got dudes coming on that defense where it's like that. That generation might age out, and it might age right into another one because they've invested in that position. They blew it with the, what was it Philip, Johan, the the, the Swedish kid. Who they drafted and immediately oh, yeah. like he the was very was next day. Immediately, the yeah. very next day, everybody was like, "What happened? He's horrible." And <laughs> the kid that that played in Denver the other day, the fifth round pick, I get them. Like, I get the two mixed up all the time. He's the good one. Watch that one.
0: <laughs> that guy.
3: Yeah, the, he's the Swedish kid. He was a fifth round pick. I think his name was Simon. But I get I get him yeah. and the first round bust of all busts yeah. mixed up in my brain. Um, but like. Like they've got those guys on defense, but it's is it Marco Rossi or bust because they don't have a center option? Eric Sinek is a 2C, he's just a 2C, he's a very good 2C, great 2C. He's like a really souped up version of Phil Dunno. Uh, for my money, it would be a prime O'Reilly caliber of 2C if they can get a 1C in front of him. A true, you know, and even hell, even if Marco Rossi just becomes like a sidekick for Eric Zinek, just as good as Eric Sinek. That makes them scary and obviously when you have Kirill Kaprizov, yeah, the sure. guy got Ryan Hartman a 30 goal year. You yeah. just can't yeah. you can't overstate how yeah. Kaprizov has another level if he gets a tr- an actual center next to him, a guy that can handle his skill set and and match his level. It could be it, I mean he could put all the other wings in the NHL to shame. He's so good.
0: Billy Billy a... a Billy I'm a big fan. Billy's a winner. He's one of the players won with Pittsburgh. He's a worker like Fitzy. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cut from the same mold and they're going to patch like Rudo just said. They'll be there. They'll, they'll patch things up and they're going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be right there at the end. Are they going to sneak in? Are they going to sneak out? I don't know, but they'll be there. Um they're not going to finish 16th or 15th or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of Billy on but it's interesting. It's interesting. There's there's been a big change of the guard there. When you yeah. look at it, the last two three years, like guys have, have changed the whole core, right? Yeah. Like one by one. So, I think the Bowbies of the world now are going to be the guys that are you know taking over that team, and it's going to be interesting to see. As but long they're, as they they aren't
2: calling their players lizard people anymore. And over <laughs> in a good place.
3: <laughs> over the next three years, what's their ceiling? second round do they get any is it any better than what they've already done I don't think so
0: say it again over the next three years
3: yeah are the wild any do they get any better than what they've already accomplished in the last two especially that team two years ago that gave that really good St. Louis team a hell of a fight in the first round that series was war it was was a great series from the outside I loved watching Colorado sweep and just get to hang out
1: I think the goal better. Yeah. I think that yeah. could be where they are at least a boost from that point. I don't know how what that ceiling looks like exactly, yeah. but I think it gets them past the first round because I think that was a little bit part of that struggle in that mm-hmm. St. Louis series.
3: They're to, to that point, they're kind of in the same position as Colorado with Gorg, with Georgiev, they have Gustafson. Yes. But at the end of the this cheap like bridge contract from Gustafson, They've got Jesper Wallstead just hanging out. So They've got decisions to make. It's the same situation that Nashville's in where do you go with a guy that now UC Saros is more proven than Gus is? For sure. But over the next couple of years, Gustafson will get a chance to prove that. And if he proves himself to be legit, do you just move Wallstead for help? The, because I'm that glad I don't me, have to make
2: that decision. <laughs> That's that to me is
3: the X factor of this situation. A tough one. Because you, if if Gus proves to be the real deal, and you just decide we're riding with Gus, and they sign him to a five-year deal, whatever, and they they're like, okay, we need a, you know, the let's just say two of Faber, Addison, and Lambo's turn out. Your defense remains good.
0: Yeah.
3: You've now got a high-end goalie that you love. Wallstead is the guy that you can move as the primary piece trying to go find another center if Rossi does not become a center. Like, yeah. like, like really have that.
0: Is he good? Is he healthy? Like, fully?
3: I think he is now, but it's, their handling of him last year was really weird, so it, it's to be seen there with Rossi, but like, I think that's that's where Minnesota interests me is that definitely. Uh, they've got that X factor of Wallstead because yeah. if Gus is a bum, you know, it ends up just not being that guy. They turn it over to Wallstead and they kind of restart this process.
1: Yeah, you're right.
3: And then I definitely don't feel like they move forward in that time. And by that point, by the time Wallstead, Comes into his own and he's figured it all out and whatever. Caprizovs. Where's Caprizo? Well, I mean, exactly. like it's a fascinating like. Here's where are they?
2: Here's the thing. I think a lot of ABS fans would rather Minnesota stay in cap hell is the thing. <laughs> and if you want to get someone who injured you into cap hell, call Bacchus and Shanker. I knew it. Two 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 today. Uh hit up box and shanker for real though. If you have been injured, doesn't even have to be like a car accident or anything. If it was injured at work or injured by some sort of negligence from someone or something, box and shanker will give you a free consultation. And if they think you have a case, they will take your case on for nothing up front. You won't pay these guys until you win your case and you will win. And you will win a lot of money. They've won over a billion dollars of for their clients in the last 25 years. They're very, very good at what they do. Again, you can call the two number or go to coloradolaw.net to get a free consultation from Bacchus and Shanker. And then when you make all that money, go buy yourself some Shady Rays. You can go to shadyrays.com uh, to get yours today when you use code DNBR at Shady Rays and you get two pairs or more. You get 50% off your entire order. And the best part about Shady Rays, the first 30 days, you don't like them, you break them, you lose them. They will replace them entirely for free. So go check them out. Uh, Over 250,000 people have given them five stars, uh, ShadyRays.com. So, also, while you're at it, if you're giving out five-star reviews, DNVR Avalanche Podcast. Help us out. Go over to your uh, Spotify or Google. I guess Google is going to YouTube now is going to be their podcasting source. So, I don't know how that's going to work, but... Five star reviews help us out a ton. If you want to hand us a couple of those, we would much appreciate it. I know uh people are still adjusting to the new look with Eric on the show and, and all of us. So let us know how we're doing with our uh our new thing as we head into this season. Uh any other topics we want to touch on today with this list or are we good?
3: For, for the record, I drove the bus spooky. on today's show because it was my idea. <laughs> like, it was my like this was like my like concept for the show of like I wanted to talk about it, so I drove a lot of the conversation. All good to to the dude in the chat who was like, you know. "Sorry, I only can drive two hundred shows a year. A couple of them, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta take off, <laughs> right?" <laughs> yeah. Also, a lot of those questions from Joey in the chat would be great for a mailbag episode.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, no, they're really good.
3: Yeah, just didn't quite fit into today's show. Definitely.
1: Did we want to have? I mean, there weren't many updates from practice. To be I've, fair, yeah, yeah, no, pop off, yeah right? hit us. Kale McCarr skated yeah, with the injured guys, not with the main group. Still um, skating though. Yeah, I wanted to tell you guys what the power play oh units looked like from Group oh One because I thought they were interesting. I'll I'll just bury. I won't bury the lead. Found a chushkin on power play too. I thought was fun and interesting. But basically, Rantanen, and Johansson, McKinnon, Taves for PP one. Imagine a world where Kale McCarr is healthy. Now here's PP two. Yeah. Holton Gerard Duran nichushkin Byram Byram was up high um, and honestly they were rotating a lot of the guys in PP2 so i it, it wasn't was really yeah. yeah it wasn't really clear who who sp- like Duran was at points kind of the net front guy and mm-hmm. Nutschkin was kind of the rover bumper so it was really weird i i just thought that would be interesting for people to hear how that's what it was looking like as anticipated Johansson was in the bumper spot on PP1 um, so Lekkonen was kind of the net front
3: guy. If Martori Lekkonen's your worst player <laughs> in your power you're, play. You're well, okay. It's, it's, it's a pretty the, good it's unit. It's just
1: the size specifically for that, but I like, I mean, he moves a lot, so yeah. it's not bad. I, I like him there. It was just really interesting. And then the other piece of news was Andre Pavel, who we hope to see Does in the rookie exist. shit case. <laughs> skated in a regular contact jersey with group two so hopefully
2: he plays thursday i
1: don't think he will be ready to though he left the ice so much earlier than the other players and i wanted to talk to him and he He was was getting treatment so i don't know if he's quite ready to get in a game because we were told he wouldn't get in a preseason game but then the next thing we know he's (laughs) no longer in a no contact jersey so i wouldn't get my hopes up that he's in tomorrow's game specifically but we might see him in a preseason game is where i'm going with this potentially
3: i will i will say though that it makes sense that they would say he's not in a preseason he's not going to be because if he's not playing tomorrow you really don't want to spend the last yeah. three preseason games doing a lot of looking you're, around you're ramping at that up your point guys, yeah. you're tightening screws you're trying to decide between tufty Olaf's and myers all these like that's where your roster battles are going to get like really decided and so it's like, if he is in a regular jersey today, it might make more sense that they're like, he won't play tomorrow. We're getting ready to send him to Loveland for Eagles camp.
1: Which starts next Monday. Exactly. And he does still get the benefit of working with Avstaff, Jerry mm-hmm. Bednar, in being in this group too now. So there's definitely benefit in him returning to the group. Even if you don't see him in preseason form, Bednar can get something of an idea of what he's like, <clears throat> at least through practice, which isn't the best yeah. like, to evaluate off of. For but. Sure.
3: I and So I'm curious about these power play. How, add Makar in, and then obviously Taves goes to that second unit. Does it bump Gerard or does it bump a forward?
1: Gerard. Yeah, good question. And is Tomas Tatar on the power play? Right. At all. So I don't know.
2: It, can it just not? Can Taves
3: just not? And it can be in four forwards?
1: I love that.
3: I mean, I've talked about it all offseason. My ideal would be to take Lekkonen, put Nachushkin up there, take Lekkonen out. And then run Druid and Colton, Tatar as the other three forwards with Byram. Yeah, with two of the defenders, yeah.
2: I'm here for it. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. But. but
1: isn't it crazy to think that this is what the power play is looking to be? As opposed with, to
2: last year? With <laughs>
1: some of these players not even on it?
2: Well, and, and Yeah, exactly. Some of these guys aren't making the power play 2, where last year power play 2 on any given night was like,
3: yeah, I don't know Jacob McDonald's on PP
2: two yeah. tonight. Lars <laughs> Eller's like, the net front like, guy. Well, like,
3: like at the end of the year, Dennis Morgan had become a power play mainstay, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. why the first unit was playing 145 out of two minutes every time. <laughs> like, you just it, the difference between the depth at the moment, anyway, is enormous. Yeah, and honestly, even if you have an injury or two, like you you don't love it, but like Miles Wood is your net front guy specifically. On a second power play unit. He's not doing anything else. Yep. He's your puck retriever, your net front guy. That's it. It's fine. It's not going to kill you. It's fun. It don't is be fun. Fine. Uh, all right. That's it. We we're I'm incapable of doing a show less than an hour now. Oh, so. Somebody asked about Winnipeg. The reason that I skipped Winnipeg. We kind of talked about it. We don't it. know yeah. what they're doing yet. Yep. So it's impossible. They have... Huge decisions to make about their future. Asked again
2: when they trade Shifley. (laughs) Right, because between
3: Shifley and Hellebuck, if they move both, it depends on those returns. If they keep both, they go nowhere. So, like, I didn't want to get into Winnipeg for that reason.
2: Uh, We're out of here. We appreciate y'all. Back tomorrow. Regular podcast tomorrow. If we can find a version of the game being broadcast out there, we'll do post-game Friday. So, we'll see you tomorrow and talk to you on the next one.